Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. I'm coming to you live from Flex Furniture and Appliance in Dickinson, North Dakota. And I, I want to thank all who make this show possible. I just, I just show up and, and, and talk. There, there's so many people that, that make this uh, possible. Uh, our, our hosts today, for one, for certain, uh, Chris and Charlie Franzen. And uh, we also, uh, I want to thank Mike Kidrowski, who set up everything here. And as I said in uh, the last half hour, I, I did just return from uh, Ireland with a, a, a pilgrimage from my parish of St. Wenceslas in Dickinson. We had, we had a group of 44, and we toured uh, for 10 days. And the, the grace of a, of, of a pilgrimage is, is, uh, is always something that never gets old to me. Uh, we've uh, had uh, a, a parish uh, pilgrimage to uh, Portugal, uh, to Spain, to France, uh, to Italy, of course, several, uh, Germany, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Israel, Egypt, and most recently, Ireland. Remember, the symbol of the pilgrimage is the empty shell. Uh, where we we leave our shell, we we leave our familiar place, and we we uh, not only experience another culture, but we also learn something about ourselves and deepen our spirituality. On on this trip to to Ireland, most recently, one of the things that that's well many things struck me, but one of the things that struck me was really the faith of those who have gone before us. We visited, for example, in Ireland recently, uh, the monastery called Monaster Bois. This is, uh, as we came down from Northern Ireland, we stopped at Monaster Bois. This is a, a monastery now in ruins, but they have the best examples of the Celtic crosses carved out of stone. Uh, it's a typical uh, monastery with uh, you know different rooms and and the church and and of course the tower uh, and uh, but also the the, the crosses and you you imagine uh, the the monks and the faithful carving these crosses and how they use them to teach the faith. You think of all the prayers that were prayed there and and you think of all of the faith that was uh, that was really lived there and uh, so monastery Bois for one. We saw the Black Abbey uh, in Kilkenny, the Dominican Abbey. There, we had we had mass there, and just to just to think of the the history there. Uh, I, by the way, I was very impressed by the Galway uh, Cathedral, which was just built in 1965, but a, a tremendous uh, structure there in history there. So we had masses all throughout the Emerald Island. And as I uh, worked uh, with my group and as we prayed uh, the pilgrimage, uh, we, do, we don't take, uh, we, we, we don't give enough gratitude and appreciation to those who have gone before us. And I don't know if you see it better than in Ireland, the faith that has gone before us and for sure the faith that is still there. And uh, don't forget the Knox Shrine as well where Mary appeared with uh, St. John the Evangelist and, uh, and uh, St. Joseph, the Knox Shrine. I can talk about that for a long time as well. So that is my little reflection for you. And for us locally, where does it come from? Our parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents. 
we give them thanks for passing the faith on to us. May they rest in peace, and may we do our part to strengthen and to support the faith. So let's move into straight talk here on Real Presence Live with Monsignor Schumacher. That's who I am. And I'm going to try and answer some of your questions on the Catholic faith. We have a call-in number, which is 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. If you'd like to start a conversation with us, you can also send your questions or your comments on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you as we uh, go through some, some topics today that uh, may be of interest to you, and we can learn a, a few things um, about, our, about our faith. Our first question that, that, ha that has been sitting is, re is regarding uh, guardian angels. Uh, yesterday we celebrated the, the feast day of guardian angels, the submitter uh, states, and uh, we need to be reminded of our relationship with our, with our guardian angel for sure. A couple things here. At yesterday's mass with my school kids at Trinity Elementary East, we uh, we spoke about the guardian angels a little bit. I don't know if there's a better lesson or a better message, if you want to call it, to children than to tell them that they have a guardian angel. I mean, how, how more comforting and inspiring can, can, can that get? And our, our guardian angels, remember, um, are, uh, are, are, are proven in the Old Testament. They're proven in the New Testament time and time again. And they, they also really inspire us. Uh, I mean, think of how Jesus was strengthened by a guardian angel in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, more dramatically, we, we hear of how St. Peter was delivered from prison in the Acts of the Apostles by a guardian angel. Now these angels do not control us. Remember these angels have no direct effect. They cannot directly act upon our will or, or our intellect. But they, they, they work through our imagination, our senses, and remember, so does the evil one work through our imagination and our senses. But our guardian angels uh, lead us to salvation. They pray for us. And St. Thomas Aquinas said something, I think, which is really, really cool about our guardian angels. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote that in heaven, our guardian angels will still be with us, uh, no longer needing to, they no longer need to guide us to our salvation, uh, but they will continually enlighten us, St. Thomas Aquinas says, and, uh, and, and moreover, um, they will uh, always inspire us there. So this prayer from the 12th century, uh, let me throw that out as we pray this often. Uh, Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom his love commits me here, ever this day be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Uh, we, I think we all prayed that when we were kids and maybe got away from it and need to get back to it. So our guardian angels ought not to be... Uh, to, and, and by the way, we, we, we fail to give credit to the Holy Spirit in our lives. We fail to give credit to our guardian angels. If, if you come up with a good idea, or more commonly for me, when I'm in a situation where things work out, but I reflect on how it could have been bad, like that really could have turned out bad, but, but it, it, it didn't. It's the Holy Spirit. 
It's our guardian angel working with our senses, working with our imagination to inspire us. So let's keep that in mind as well. Uh, a question about um, a homily from uh, Bishop Burbage. Uh, let me pull that up here from the Catholic News Agency. Uh, this 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 is kind of this is kind of neat right here and I, and I looked at this briefly uh, before this is from Arlington Virginia Mike if you want to move that down so I can see the questions coming in uh, yeah uh, on, on the first of October in Arlington Virginia uh, Bishop Michael Burbage uh, gave uh, a homily uh, he had a mass for people with special needs and he said that People with special needs are central to, he said, of who we are and what we do as a community for sure. Uh, this is a, a, a mass he held um, for, um, for persons with disabilities. He offered this on Sunday, uh, sep September uh, 29th. Uh, a couple of things that are, that are uh, wor worth noting here. Um, he highlighted the Sunday's Gospel of Lazarus, which we just read, which I most recently read when I had Mass in the Newark airport. He, he spoke about Lazarus, and he said that I, I don't think the rich man, remember this story of Lazarus and the rich man, uh, I don't think uh, that the rich man intentionally or deliberately did anything evil. He said the failure of the rich man was simply that he did not notice Lazarus right in his midst. And so he, he encouraged us to recognize those in need uh, right, right in our midst. And um, he called those with special needs uh, that they, they show others the face of Christ and they bring out the best in us all. That, that is for sure. Great gifts that they are. Uh, and we, we need to be reminded of that of that more. Uh, again, Catholics with special needs, Bishop Burbage said, show us the face of Christ. God bless them. And they uh, teach us and remind us so much. Got a question coming in here. Uh, Lori from Dickinson. Why are there separate cemeteries for Catholics and people of other faiths, like Protestants? Is it okay for people to be buried in a cemetery in a faith other than their own. Well, we see these. We, we see these often. Uh, in in uh, for example, when I was a pastor of New England in St. Mary's in New England, North Dakota, you know, we had uh, we, we we had a cemetery row. We we had a Catholic cemetery. We had the Lutheran cemetery. And then we had the Methodist cemetery. Uh, what was kind of cool was when when one kind of fixed up their cemetery, the others kind of you know kept up with the Joneses and fixed up their cemeteries. But I, I think what you have here is, is, is a faith community. And you have uh, these separate cemeteries in part because the land was separately owned. And then these cemeteries were, were, were managed from the parishes. I don't, I, don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's wrong to be buried in a, in a cemetery uh, other than a Catholic cemetery. Of course it's not. In Williston, there's a, there's a beaut my hometown, my old stomping grounds. Williston has a very uh, inspiring uh, city cemetery. Uh, it's, it's, it's the greenest, most manicured cemetery you'll, you'll, you'll ever see year-round. Uh, there, are, there are other great cemeteries as well. 
I, I think of Mandan Union uh, when I was uh, pastor of St. Joe's in Mandan. Uh, they 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 buried all year, uh, which which was a, a great uh, service to to peoples. I, I could have a funeral in a blizzard, and we would be out there uh, burying, and which is not always done in part because of you know damage to the headstones when you're moving equipment to dig a grave. This this and that. So a cemetery. Is a, is a place of, of grief. It's a place of remembrance. Remember, we as Catholics believe that, that we ought to bury uh, all of our loved ones, even the cremains. Even if cremation happens, there ought to be a, a place of grief, a place of memory, uh, remembering how our Lord was buried in anticipation of the resurrection. So uh, I think uh, the other part of this question is what, if anything, does it have to do with consecrated land versus land ownership? Um, well, I mean, uh, often these uh, rural parishes uh, depend on uh, land given so that we can um, so that we can bury our dead, and then we're in charge of of managing it. What I do like about here in Dickinson, North Dakota, quite frankly, uh, not quite frankly. I mean, there's a lot of that that I love about Dickinson. Don't get me wrong, but the the city, the city here took over our parish cemetery. So so in Dickinson here, we 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 not only had different cemeteries for different denominations, but each Catholic parish has their cemetery. Aside from Queen of Peace, which was founded later, but here in Dickinson, there's the St. Wenceslaus Cemetery, the St. Patrick Cemetery. On the south side, we got St. Joe's Cemetery. That's that's a cemetery in my family history from this area. And uh, but the city has taken them over to me. It's a great service. It's a great help to me. And uh, they maintain them. They work with the plots. And uh, it, it's uh, I think it just goes more smoothly. So we're we're coming up on November. November is the month of the dead. And remember the grace we have to visit uh, our dead, in, uh, particularly in the month of November, but certainly all year. And there, there are also indulgences attached to that. Remember, the, the, the church puts an indulgent on anything it considers important. And uh, visiting our dead, praying for the dead, burying the dead, are graces. They are corporal works of mercy and we receive uh, graces from them. All right, so thank you for that question, Laurie. And um, we're going to go to another question here. Let's uh, look at another question here. By the way, if you want to get in, you still have time. I think my producer's talking to me in the ear in the ear when we're going to run out of time. 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Uh, there's a question here on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, how we need to refocus on that for sure. Uh, remember the true, real, substantial presence of Christ. But on, on that, let me go back last night to the, the teaching I had in my confirmation class. I teach my confirmation classes. And again and again, and it, it will probably happen for the rest of my priesthood, but we still have not entirely solved the problem of Arianism. Arianism, the belief that Jesus Christ is not God. 
but created. And so I'll ask my eighth graders, is Jesus Christ God? And it gets confusing because he's, he's, a, he's, you know, he's a person. We, he, they, they, they see a body on the cross. They know how he bled, how he died. And, you know, he can't be God. And if Jesus Christ is not the incarnate God, we are not saved from our sins. It's impossible to ask our kids to believe in the real presence of the Eucharist if we can't believe in the right theology of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is true God, true man. St. Paul wrote about this often. If Jesus is not the incarnate God, we are fools. We are not saved. We are wasting our time. Above all, even worse, we're worshiping a man. Jesus Christ is the incarnate God. He is one with God. He called himself one with the Father. He said in the Gospel of John, the Father and I are one. He is the second person of the Trinity. There is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so um, don't, for, don't forget uh, that, all right? We often talk about, gee, you know, we're kind of losing some traction on, on our on our belief in, in the, the the real presence of, of, of our Lord in the Holy Eucharist uh, but that 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 tire grip starts with understanding how Jesus Christ is not only true man but true God the incarnate God the Savior of the world it is God coming down to die for us so that we may live it's God becoming like us as Saint Augustine said so beautifully in that Christmas sermon Jesus Christ is God becoming like us so that we can become like God. And so I just throw that out there. Another question here, Mike from Dickinson. Thank you, Mike, for listening. Let's see what we got here. Maybe I can do more good than harm. Are we, in fact, underutilizing our guardian angels? Should we be turning to them daily for direction and intervention? And how do we do this? Well, yeah, uh, I, 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 th I think we underutilize a lot that the church gives us and a lot of truths that our Lord gives us in our journey to heaven. The angel of God prayer from the 12th century, I like it. Uh, just to be aware of your guardian angel, we need to do that more. And we need to remember how our thoughts are often inspired by God uh, and our good ideas are inspired by God. And I think we all have the uh, best times of the day when that happens. Uh, for, me, it's, for me, it's early in the morning uh, where, where I get uh, ideas for my work, for the work of my parish, things I need to do. Th these are all workings and promptings of the Holy Spirit. And we can also call them, for sure, uh, the promptings of, a, of our guardian angels. Uh, for, for those of you just joining us, I spoke about the guardian angels previously. Uh, it was their feast day, the feast day of the holy guardian angels yesterday. I reminded my students of them, and we need to remind ourselves more of that as well. I have a question here on today's uh, readings. Let's take a look at that as we work our way through straight talk. Again, this is Monsignor Schumacher on Real Presence Live, and I'm coming to you live from Flex Furniture and Appliance. And I want to thank Chris and Charlie Franzen uh, for hosting us today. This straight talk segment has become very popular. It's where we, we answer questions of the faith uh, to the best of our ability. Again, as I say, praying to my guardian angel, 
let me do more good than harm, 877-795-0122. Can you summarize today's, um, can you summarize today's readings at Mass as the homily was not that understandable? Okay, well, you know, listen, in today's readings, I, the most dramatically, I, I think, is what our Lord reminds us uh, where we are. Jesus not only said, go on your way, but Jesus said in today's readings, I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. Uh, wow, yeah, driving through Ireland, what did I see for 10 days? You know, defenseless sheep, right? And we, we know that our Lord called himself the Good Shepherd. We have all this great sheep theology in the Gospel of John. It starts early with John the Baptist saying, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And of course our Lord calling himself the Good Shepherd because sheep need shepherds. But our Lord said something even more dramatically. He said, My sheep hear my voice and I hear them. Uh, this, is, this, this is something that is very comforting. My sheep, Jesus Christ said, my sheep hear my voice and I hear them. Uh, we, we, this, this intimacy of, of, of God in Christianity is nothing like it. There's no other religion in the world that has this intimacy, nor should I say there's no other religion in the world that has such a beautiful uh, mother in, in Mary. Um, you know, the, our, our salvific history did not begin without Mary's role, nor will the salvific history be concluded without Mary's role in the church. Such a beautiful, consoling uh, intercessor we have in Mary. So Jesus said, I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. Do we sometimes feel like we're among wolves in our world, among wolves in our living our faith, among wolves in getting our daily tasks done? Yeah, our Lord promised that would happen. But he also said that he will never leave us. And he also told us that we ought to have the disposition that the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, don't be saddened. Our Lord tells us not to be afraid. For rejoicing in the Lord must always uh, be our strength. Great reading for today. Thursday of the 26th week of Ordinary Time. Um, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Jesus sends us because there is a harvest to be had. And Jesus sends us so that everyone may know that the kingdom of God is at hand. And by the way, we all need to be reminded from time to time that the battle has been won. Our Lord has won this battle for us. His life, death, and resurrection has conquered evil. It has won the battle. It has opened for us the gates of heaven when his blood was shed. But we still have all this drama to be played out before the final victory, before the kingdom of God is indeed in our hand, so to speak. But do not be saddened. We rejoice in the strength of our Lord always. If you'd like to get in on Straight Talk, we have a few minutes left. Again, my name is Monsignor Schumacher, 
0122 or you can send a comment to us or a question to us on our on our Facebook it's an opportunity for you to share your questions you can even share your comments we'll even take some obfuscations if you want uh, we, we we appreciate our listeners this is your time straight talk with the host and remember straight talk can be heard every day in central we have multiple time zones in our wide range of real presence radio I'm in mountain time right here in Dickinson where we're live from Flex Furniture and Appliance but every day 9:30 central Monday through Friday this segment airs you can call in you can write your questions and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to to take care of them for you I have a, a, a follow-up question today on on uh, the month of November coming up the month of the dead and uh, the the question is, yeah, and and I've had this for I've had this for a while, and this is kind of a repeat to what I've said, and probably why it's coming through again. Um, is is it is it allowable for Catholics to be cremated, um, and uh, their their ashes spread? Let's take these in two parts. Uh, first of all, what is cremation? Uh, well, cremation reduces a body to to ash and and to bones. Uh, just what ought to be reminded of everybody in the cremation process is it just isn't the air that reduces you to ash. It is it is also a, a, like a pulverizing instrument that reduces you to ash. And so, anyway, you're reduced to ash. What does this do? What basically it just accelerates the, the the natural process, right? Because we eventually we will all be reduced to ash. And there are times when cremation is necessary. For example, unattended bodies or what have you like that after their death. Or other people may choose to be cremated for for reasons uh, that that they have. What the church asks is that these remains, these cremains, that these ashes be buried uh, so that we are, are anticipating the resurrection as our Lord did, as he was buried. And uh, it's also a place of remembrance. It's a place of grieving. And, and really it's a place where, what do we do? It's a place where we continue to love our deceased. Whenever I go to a family member's grave, I remember this growing up, you know, we were, we were, as kids, we were hauled out to the cemetery. We had to, you know, pull the weeds around the family tombstones. We, we would mow the grass if, if necessary. That was usually handled well in Williston, North Dakota, like I said. We would also dig out the, you know, there, there, there would be grass, layers of grass and stuff on the nameplate. So we, we, would, we would tidy up the grave. We would put flowers out there, mom and dad. We, we, would, we, would, we would bring our instruments and we would... What, what is all that? That's an act of love. That's, an, that's a continued act of love for, for, our, for our deceased. Not, not, not only is praying for our dead uh, a, a continued act of charity for them, uh, this is something that non-Catholic brethren have a hard time understanding is how we pray for our dead. Well, that, that's how we continue to love them. It's really all we can do now that they're gone. We, we, we pray for them. We ask our Lord to give them all that is good. We ask our Lord to give them the promises that they've lived their lives for, that all the prayers they prayed may be answered. It's a charitable act. 
to pray for the deceased. It's also scriptural. Don't forget that. In the book of Maccabees, in the book of Maccabees, we hear how, to summarize, a battle has gone bad. And what did the leader do? The leader realized that the battle had gone bad because they were wearing a foreign idol. So he told his soldiers to pray for the dead. By the way, they also took a collection for them. And then we also hear in the New Testament themes about praying for our dead, how the souls of the deceased will be purified. The fire will purify them to prepare them for heaven. And so that also goes into a lot of purgatory-themed topics, which I'm not going to get into now. But back to cremation, let's bury our dead. And let's also remember them uh, in, in, a, in a very d dignified way. In, in the last uh, 26 years as a priest, I'm coming up on 700 funerals that I've offered. I've prepared 700 people to, to die. I've, uh, I've had their funeral masses, and I've uh, been very, very graced to be there at these moments. And uh, a shout-out to all those who make this possible, the funeral directors. I've had 26 years of working with really inspiring, uh, professional, and competent uh, funeral directors. And, and, and uh, a shout-out to them. They, they, are, they are key when we uh, uh, have a death. We have a few minutes left. Uh, do we have anything on the phone, Eli, here on Straight Talk? Uh, what do we have here? Okay. Mary, welcome to Straight Talk. Good morning, Father. Monsignor, correct? Monsignor Schumacher, I just called in to, to give you a positive comment. I'm listening to you as I drive to work this morning. And um, I just wanted you to know that your deep and wide and kind presentations and answers to these questions are just a, a soothing balm to my soul, so they must be to others as well. And that's my comment, and I thank you for being on air today. Hey, Mary, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate that, and I wish you safe travels. Thank you for listening to, to Real Presence Live. And I... I, um, it is by God's grace that we're effective in anything that we do. So thank you, Mary, and thank you for your support of Real Presence Radio. Uh, listening to Mary uh, drive and, and comment reminds me of so many uh, conversations I have about how people's real contact with Real Presence Radio is, is uh, in their vehicles and, and as they drive. And I, I, know, I know friends in western North Dakota who are, who are laboring in the, in the oil field, in the energy sector here in this part of the state, and uh, the, the hours and hours and hours that they need to, um, that they need to be in their vehicle and, and, and drive from post to place. And um, so, uh, Mary, thank you for listening. And, and let's not forget that, uh, uh, and, and that this, this is another lesson for us, that we, we never fully know the impact that we have as human beings, and Real Presence Radio will never fully understand the impact it has uh, because uh, so many people are, are listening in the privacy, uh, not of their homes, but of their vehicles, and inspire. I mean, how, 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 many, uh, how many hours of politics can we listen to? Or sports, for that matter, right? When our, when our home team goes, goes bad. Uh, I'm a Packers fan. We maybe are going to do a little better, but you know, you can only listen to so many 
hours of politics and sports, turn on Real Presence Radio. Uh, get some peace. Learn something about your faith. Um, be inspired. And you know how we pray for people here too. So Mary, thank you for that. So uh, we're going to wrap things up here. And this Straight Talk segment has always uh, been fruitful, again, by the grace of God. Monday through Friday, 9.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday, right here, you can listen to Straight Talk. Remember, what did St. Anselm say? Uh, that, that theology is faith seeking understanding. Our faith is always going to seek more understanding to it. And that's what we try to do in Straight Talk. Thank you for those who called in. Thanks for those who wrote their questions. And thank you for listening to that segment. You know, we're already coming up at the end of the hour. It's 58 minutes uh, past the hour. Uh, up next, Amanda Zerface will share with us some ways. Um, this is, I think, a concern every parent has. Ways that parents can proclaim God's glory to kids in our modern culture. Our modern culture brings us a lot of gifts, a lot of benefits, but also a lot of challenges and perhaps setbacks. Amanda is going to share with us ways that parents can proclaim God's glory to their kids today. We'll be right back as Real Presence Live continues. My name is Monsignor Schumacher, and I'm live to you from Flex Furniture and Appliance, and I can smell the grill, and hopefully we're going to get something to eat here, Michael, in the next hour. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in just one moment. <music> 